This is a Retail Insider Podcast. You're listening to The Weekly. Welcome to this week's episode of The Weekly by Retail Insider. I'm Lee Rippett, and I'm joined with the Editor-in-Chief of Retail Insider, Craig Patterson, to discuss this week's most read articles on retail-insider.com. So thanks for joining me, Craig. Hello, everyone. Now, we're currently recording on August the 14th, 2022, and we're just following up on a podcast that we did earlier in the month where we went through the various Canadian cities' luxury nodes and discussed them kind of one by one, um, including Vancouver. But Craig, you wanted to delve a little bit more into the Vancouver luxury nodes in this podcast, right? And I wanted to focus a little bit on the Vancouver market today because I've gotten some new information that I think is really quite interesting and really throws a bit of a monkey wrench into my previous analysis uh, specifically around um, a shopping center called the Amazing Brentwood. And uh, um, Well, I know that you were mentioning that in the previous podcast, uh, you were unsure of how the Amazing Brentwood is going to perform or handle a luxury note, especially with what was unfolding in the being rejuvenated Oak Ridge, as well as the current dominance of the downtown luxury node. But what changed? I was provided some recent uh, inform or some information recently, I should say, that um, it was quite interesting uh, that may make the amazing Brentwood a little more amazing than I actually realized in terms of its potential for luxury retail. So I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the Vancouver market, what I think we're going to be seeing for luxury nodes, which uh, uh, may involve a battle of two uh, landlords for two shopping centers that uh, are currently under construction, uh, or I guess being rebuilt more accurately for, for both of those. And uh, it's, I think it's really quite fascinating. So let's let's get uh, started and mm. talk through this a little bit. Absolutely. Well, and for those that may not be as familiar with The Amazing Brentwood, um, it's a mall in Burnaby, British Columbia, which is to the east of the city of uh, Vancouver. And it's literally squished up against it. They Like on one side, a boundary road is Vancouver and the other side is Burnaby. So it's, it's literally like adjacent to each other. Um, it's not on the way to the airport from the downtown or anything. So like the downtown is uh, north of the airport. So you'd have to head south and go into Richmond in order to go to the airport. Um, this mall is to the east. So you'd have to take like a sky train from the downtown to get to this mall. So it is well connected. It is on a public transit line, um, but it also is connected by the Highway 1 freeway that goes through um, most of the lower mainland. So it's very well connected from a car perspective as well as for public transit. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's that's where the mall is. And I, when I moved to the Vancouver area, and that would be like circa 2006 timeframe, I lived just south of there and worked around in the area. So um, I was super excited in 2006 to be able to go through and be able to get my basics from there because it literally just had like, you know, a Sears Canada food hall. Like it wasn't necessarily like a food court and such. So it wasn't like anything that you'd take your family to, to enjoy if they came to visit, because it was just like any other mall in Canada. It was called the, the, uh, the Brentwood town center at the time. So again, that was 2006 fast forwarding to August, 2017 retail insider had an article around the announcement where the landlord shape as well as co-owner Ontario pension plan had uh, announced partnering with the L. Catterton Group, which is a private equity firm linked with the French luxury conglomerate LVMH. And for those that don't know about that, they have all the brands of Louis Vuitton, Christian Dior, even Sephora, but also like Bulgari, Fendi, Givenchy, um, and even having um, investments in like Equinox gyms and so on. So it, it's a major powerhouse. And they also have 
invested in, let's say, the Miami Design District, which is a runaway success in Florida, right? So it was very exciting at the time for me to read this in August 2017, since I live in the area. So super excited and, and yay. So fast forwarding more to 2020, and now we have a pandemic and we're all like in quarantine and such. Retail Insider started to have articles of um, mall tours around the country because a lot of us hadn't actually seen a mall for like a year or two. So um, I visited the amazing Brentwood and a lot of the redevelopment had been completing. So it was nice to see some of the stores that were starting to open, which is amazing. And then going into 2021, the uh, Shape um, landowner went and invited a lot of the media outlets to come see phase one opening, which we had referenced in the August 2017. So it was great to see. And they had like Sephora open. They had um, like H&M Home as well as Home Outerfitters had opened after that as well. But they had a food hall that had opened, um, Cineplex VIP as well as the rec room. It was a beautiful, amazing mall. But I was bummed because I was in my mind remembering back in 2017 that it was there associated with LVMH, right? So I was expecting something in those brands to be there, but the most luxurious thing that was there was let's say a Sephora, which, you know, is part of their, you know, sphere, but also like, you know, LL Bean, which is great, but it's not luxury, right? Or let's say, you know, home outfitters. Mm. So like, it's a good mall. There's a lot of like, it's well connected. It's beautiful, but it didn't necessarily have like anything that would blow my hair back as far as like luxury. So, you know, it's, so I was disappointed since I live here and I've been waiting since 2017 to see what would happen. Just, and, but I don't think I realized that there's, this is just the phase one that they were trying to finish by 2019. So Craig, you got more information. So let's start getting into that. Yeah, yeah. So phase one of uh, the amazing Brentwood opened, but phase two, uh, which is the enclosed shopping center component, which is uh, now going to be uh, undergoing its own redevelopment, mm. uh, is going to include one level, which would be for luxury brands primarily, not not exclusively, but there's going to be quite a luxury component in there. And uh, or at least that's what's being proposed in terms of leasing. Well, it's really jarring going from that phase one that is like glass and new and beautiful to that phase two open air concept that you're talking about in the back, because that is the old part of the mall that they built in front of in the, I guess, parking area. That's where phase one is. But phase two, the old part of the mall, which is beautiful, the, the canopy roof and stuff like that. But there's virtually no retailers left in that mall, except for services like, you know, doctors or dentist offices that are still there. But there's like a London drugs at the very back that is drawing some traffic through but literally it, it, it's a ghost town and rather scary. So I'm very excited to hear that they're going to be investing into that part of the mall next because it, it is drastically night and day difference, like party in the front and don't look at the back kind of thing. It's kind of what's going on for that poor mall right now. But anyway, back to you. What were you finding, though, as far as advantages or where things were going to be heading? Very interesting. It's, this is a real estate play, but... Uh... Uh, one advantage that the amazing Brentwood has, it's shape properties is uh, the uh, landlord, uh, the primary one or the uh, original one, is that L. Catterton ownership in terms of there is the potential to bring in those LVMH luxury brands to the amazing Brentwood. And uh, that could include Louis Vuitton, Christian Dior and a few others. These are mm. names that are uh, quite well known. I'm not confirming anything, of course. I don't know if there's anything to confirm, but uh, these are brands that are part of that umbrella. And 
Well, other than the brands, but I'll think you were also mentioning that there's also the demographics in the area. Like the the fact that it's in North Burnaby is also going to be a positive for it as well, which, you know, since I lived there as well uh, until I moved downtown, um, it was uh, very dispersed, right? And there was like mansion houses next to a variety of, of even low cost or even high rise developments going up in the Joyce area. So it was really interesting to see. Hmm. But what's the trade area like there? Uh, it, it, the trade area actually has, uh, in terms of households uh, with incomes over $300,000 a year, this is according to Environics Analytics, um, is about twenty, almost 24,000 households uh, within that trade area would make over $300,000 a year, which is actually higher than possibly even Oak Ridge and, and the downtown core. Um, it really depends how you look at different trade areas and whatnot. I'm going to get not going to get into it too much, but but regardless, the potential at least for uh, high income residents in the Lower Mainland is showing that the amazing Brentwood actually is going to be, uh, I, I think, a strong center. One thing to consider as well is where our um, you know Asian shopper is going to be going. That I think is going to be a very important uh, question as well. That's not reflected specifically in this data that I have. So. Um, I think further analysis would be required by myself and others because that I think is going to be important. It isn't necessarily how much money uh, a demographic has, it's how they spend it. And um, one really good example of that is the city of Ottawa, which has, as a city, quite high incomes overall being a government town. But Ottawa doesn't even have a Louis Vuitton store. Uh, You know, it's... A city that isn't that flashy, I guess, in terms of shoppers. Uh, Holt Renfrew shut down in 2015. It had a smaller store downtown on Spark Street. Uh, so it is also, it's not just how much money is there, it's how it's being spent. But nevertheless, there's a lot of money in the uh, greater Vancouver area. There's a lot of people that like to be flashy. Well, that's true. But let's take a look at where the amazing Brentwood is going to be trying to draw luxury customers from. Like downtown, where you're saying there's a lot of luxury, flashy people, they are well serviced with, let's say, the Holt Renfrew as well as the Alberni Street and uh, when oh, Pacific Center too. But when you head south of the downtown towards the airport, then you're going to be running into Oak Ridge Center, like I was saying. So that would be um, a lot of the the mansions, old money that would be in Vancouver would be well serviced there. Point Grey area out to UBC. But even West Vancouver has Park Royal that is starting to get more and more luxury or they could just hop downtown, right? But, okay, looking into Burnaby, like there is money there as well. But if you head further east, then you start running into the more of the suburbs, right? Surrey, Maple Ridge, um, Langley, Delta, those types of areas which have cash. Because like when I was training dogs, um, Great Danes love them to pieces, don't have them anymore, but... I would be heading all the way out to Langley to be able to go to dog shows, dog training sessions, all the kind of stuff. And I was running into a lot of the folks that live in those areas with sprawling acreages. They also own horses and they love them to pieces. And there's a reason why they don't live in the downtown. They want more space and a lifestyle that's out there, more nature orientated and those types of things. So to your point about Ottawa, like just because they have expendable extra money, are they going to choose to spend it on luxury goods that the amazing Brentwood would be banking on? And if you are going to be spending it on luxury goods, would you make it a day out of it to go to the Mecca of the downtown? If it's a special event versus going in and stopping into the amazing Brentwood instead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that the amazing Brentwood 
the population around that shopping center isn't going to be quite as well. What's not as wealthy as Oak Ridge, I would say overall. Um, and, and there may be, I don't want to say fewer wealthy households than downtown, but there are some wealthy people in the downtown core, certainly whether or not they live there full time or part time is another mm. story altogether. But if they shop, you know, that's, that's a good thing. But I think that if Brent, if the amazing Brentwood is able to uh, pull together a roster of luxury retailers for its uh, enclosed shopping center component, it will uh, possibly do so more in volume. Uh, so some luxury brands will, they only need a few shoppers, really. Um, apparently the Louis Vuitton store in downtown Vancouver at various times may have a, a quite a wealthy person come in. They'll actually shut the store down or they may do something after hours and a person may come in and, and drop $250,000 in one go or more and just be shopping. So some of these luxury stores only need a few people that are spending tons of money. I know there's a young woman in Toronto here that spends over $2 million at the Hermes store every year. So, wow. <laughs> and, you know, Tiffany has a few clients like that too. So uh, there's definitely uh, uh, some people that spend an absolute fortune in luxury retailers, but certainly an important market for these luxury brands as well as aspirational shoppers, as well as those that are just buying a few pieces here and there. If you can do that in volume in terms of getting quite a few people to uh, buy, then I'm thinking places like West Edmonton Mall, which are high traffic, but also have some of these luxury stores now, um, are doing it in volume in terms of people coming in and they might buy one or two bags, but there's a lot of people doing it as opposed to that one person coming in and basically buying the entire store. So, so, so both work, but, uh, uh, very, having very rich people is going to be important. I think regardless, uh, for, for these, uh, uh, luxury stores. I was thinking in terms of um, the amazing Brentwood, what I would do if I was the landlord in terms of making it buzzy, I, I would actually create, I, I would go all out and make this maybe even more glamorous than what you'd see in terms of the retail in Las Vegas. Maybe not. I don't know, but you see some of the, you know, the wind casino, uh, maybe not quite the Bellagio, but you look at some of these fancy centers. I was thinking, you know, the Brentwood collection or something like that, creating a, a luxury component which uh, would have a you know beautiful interior there'd be valet parking uh, concierge uh, various services that uh, would be we almost call it white glove uh, something which would uh, really cater to the population because that is going to put brentwood above the downtown core in vancouver because the downtown core in vancouver does have luxury stores but it's not cohesive in terms of the ownership of those buildings there are various landlords so it's not as easy to put retailers into these spaces. So I know uh, a few of the brokers down there, we know uh, Mario Negris and, and Martin Moriarty. Uh, they do a lot of the deals down there. They've done many of them in terms of the luxury retailers that are down there. It's probably not as easy. Well, I know it's not as easy to put those retailers into a downtown space as it would be say in a shopping center where you can craft the space and customize it. Uh, it's, it's a different experience. The downtown core as well is, is subject to uh, a population which suffers from addiction. And um, there are social issues in the downtown core. Uh, you've got homelessness and drug use and crime, and, uh, which is an unfortunate reality. And that's something that can be mitigated uh, in, on private property, being a shopping center. And you're not going to see that population necessarily going to either Oak Ridge or the amazing Brentwood. So um, that is definitely going to be an advantage for these two suburban shopping centers in terms of not having nearly the same social issues, I guess you would say, as downtown Vancouver. And I think that's going to be important because a perception of safety is, for the consumer, 
perception is reality. Absolutely. Um, and perception, but also where people just want to generally spend their money is very different from person to person. Millionaires, at least in the United States, shop at more than any other store. It's Walmart. So it really depends on, again, the demographic and how they shop. So uh, not saying that, that the amazing Brentwood is going to, to, to not have shoppers, even though there's wealth. It's, it's just a matter of what is that demographic and how are they going to spend it? So um, the population growth and overall development in the Vancouver area really is in the eastern part, just because the West is uh, quite developed already. Uh, it's uh, also, you know, in terms of zoning, uh, there isn't the opportunity for as nearly as much development uh, westward, essentially, uh, on the Vancouver area. And that's including the west side of Vancouver. Downtown does have some development. It's getting very expensive. Uh, west Vancouver uh, has some development. It's not growing super fast, but it's a wealthy place. And then Richmond, of course, as well. Richmond would probably have the most development. Uh, we've seen a few other uh, really interesting retailers opening at CF Richmond Center as well. Lao Feng Sheng uh, opened uh, a couple of years ago, a very high-end jeweler. Uh, other, even First to Canada retailers came in. Clinique came in. Uh, it was converted, I think, to another uh, banner, which I can't remember what it is right now, another beauty brand. But uh, nevertheless, uh, that's an important shopping center because of that shopping demographic. So coming back to uh, the discussion of Oak Ridge Center versus the amazing Brentwood, I think it's going to be a little bit of a battle that we're going to see. And it's really going to be interesting to watch because I know that both of the landlords uh, being quadrial at Oak Ridge and Shape Properties, El Catterton over at the amazing Brentwood are, are looking to sign uh, deals with certain luxury brands to have uh, those stores in those shopping centers uh, to create a luxury node. And what luxury brands like to do is they like to cluster together. Uh, they don't want to be off on their own, typically, uh, at least for the most part. Uh, they would like to be near their peers because when you cluster those brands together, wealthy people will come and shop at a few of them. So uh, that's considered to be, for the most part, desirable. So that's why you see those fancy shopping areas in different cities, whether or not that's a mall or whether or not that's a street in a downtown area or otherwise. So the Vancouver market, I think, is going to be uh, so interesting, at least for me to watch over the next few years, because we're going to have Oak Ridge coming online in terms of opening sometime in 2024. Uh, the amazing Brentwood's uh, luxury component is going to uh, open, I think, first quarter of 2025. Maybe don't hold me to the first quarter part, but 2025, I believe, is going to be when we'd be able to go and shop in that area. So uh, it's not really that long into the future, but there is still going to have to be some, obviously, construction at both of those shopping centers uh, uh, as well. Well, and just to start wrapping up, like, what is your hope that you're going to see for the Vancouver Luxury Zone ecosystem? What I would like to see is... Three luxury nodes in the Vancouver market. This would be perfect because I want everyone to win. This is how I am. I don't want anyone to lose. I want the downtown core to be successful in Vancouver. I'm a major downtown civic booster. We don't have many vibrant downtowns left in North America. Vancouver is definitely one of the vibrant ones. And I, I do want to see it remain successful. And part of that success is certainly the luxury retailers, which are on Alberni Street and the, and the streets that are just right around it, uh, between Burrard, basically, and Thurlow Streets. The, that's the luxury zone, as I think Retail Insider may have actually coined uh, about a, almost a decade ago. So um, I, I want to see that successful. I'd also like to see the two suburban shopping centers uh, being successful. The Amazing Brentwood, which is currently under construction, 
uh, it was recently reported that uh, the tent roof will be removed from that shopping center. I think it was Daily Hive that had uh, done a report on that. Um, I've been provided a lot more information since then on what's happening. I have been actually shown um, a lease plan of prospective tenants. I'm not going to share those because I wasn't given permission to do so. So I am good with confidentiality. People, if you're listening to this, uh, I'm not going to blow your secrets out of the water or anything. So I, we're working with some major retailers and landlords right now on some stories where I have a lot of confidential information and I'm not sharing it, but there's some exciting stuff coming here to Canada. But uh, nevertheless, uh, I, I really do uh, hope for the best. We may see a situation where there are three luxury nodes in the market. So uh, that could be quite exciting and, and for different reasons. I mean, Oak Ridge is going to be a, a beautiful project with re residential offices, uh, uh, glitzy and glamorous, uh, a ballet school. It's, it's going to be quite interesting. It's, it's on the west side, which is quite wealthy. It's also quite close to the downtown core. Yeah. If you look at it, uh, that's not necessarily an advantage. I don't think some brands are going to want to be downtown and at Oak Ridge. And then you've got the amazing Brentwood, which has the El Catterton ownership. It's got, it's in a rapidly growing catchment area, uh, as well as a rapidly growing area right around the mall. I mean, they're saying something between 50 and 80 skyscrapers or high rises, I should say. I don't use the term skyscraper because that actually does have a height. <laughs> definition but tall buildings are going to be around there i think they're saying thirty-eight thousand residential units are proposed or currently under construction around the amazing brentwood which is mind-blowing that is becoming another populous downtown at, in terms of being a node of people so uh incredibly exciting um i hope all of these projects are successful and here at Retail Insider, between now and 2025, we'll continue to watch uh, what's happening in these uh, shopping centers. And me as the guy that's kind of a luxury specialist, if you can call me that, or at least I'm just interested in it and talk about it way more than I probably should. I'll be watching this and reporting on it. So I'm quite excited and I'm cheering everyone on. I, I want every, uh, every one of these landlords and all of these retail nodes to be successful, including around the country. Um, we did a talk uh, a little while ago talking about other nodes you know in the montreal market as well uh and to bring el catterton back into the conversation uh also el catterton also owns a percentage of royal mount mm. which is a development which is underway currently in on montreal island a town of mount royal it's basically in the middle of the island of montreal we've talked about this before but that project is proposed to have quite a few luxury retailers as well one more thing i'll, I'll mention again is the fact that neither of these, neither the amazing Brentwood nor Royal Mount have full department stores on the plans. So Royal Mount, I think, is RH Restoration Hardware as a large format retailer. But if that's still happening, I can't confirm that. I haven't uh, talked to the people at Carbon Leo in a little while, but I'm going to be heading over to Montreal and, and doing so hopefully soon. But uh, the question now becomes what's the future of the uh, department store? Uh, and then Another question I have again is what is the future of whole Renfrew in terms of having uh, concessions, which are also of brands that are looking at standing out. I'm going to pause for a sec. Can I do a quick little whole Renfrew uh, conclusion analysis yeah, here? Totally. I've been, I've been wanting to do this for a little while. Okay. So, so what we're seeing now with some of these uh, shopping centers, we're talking about Oak Ridge. Uh, we're talking about the amazing Brentwood. We're talking about Royal Mount. Even Yorkdale is a situation now where I'm starting to question the future of luxury brands occupying space 
within, for the most part, Holt Renfrew as concessions. Because Holt Renfrew has brought a lot of the world's top luxury brands to the Canadian market. And Holt Renfrew's business models start, well, probably before 2007. But in 2007, Holt Renfrew opened this big store in downtown Vancouver, as you know. In 2000, it was a 2009, opened a big store in Calgary. And so we started to see Holt Renfrew with its new strategy of being big box stores that have the luxury brands within that lease their own space. And in some cases, these concessions are big. They're some cases over 5,000 square feet. You've got Gucci in at Yorkdale in, Van, in Toronto, and you've got Chanel at Holt Renfrew in Vancouver. Both of those concessions are over 5,000 square feet. So these are full-sized, almost flagship-sized stores within another store. Well, some of these concessions now are doing really, really high sales, tens of millions of dollars a year. They're paying somewhere like 6 or 7% of those sales as rent to Holt Renfrew. So landlords now, if a Holt Renfrew store is there, are probably, and I know they are actually looking and saying, well, maybe we want some of these brands to be in our mall and, and not paying rent to Holt Renfrew, but paying rent to, say, Oxford Properties at Oak Ridge, or sorry, at, at Yorkdale Shopping Center in Toronto. So you, you look at brands like Gucci, which has a, a mall facing door at Yorkdale. People probably don't even know that this is part of Holt Renfrew for the fact that there's a marble facade that continues along there. It looks like a full store. And, and you got to ask yourself, what is Oxford Properties thinking saying, well, Holt Renfrew, you've basically just become your own landlord. It's, it's competing against the shopping center landlord. You've got stores like Fendi in there, which is also going to be opening a standalone at Yorkdale. Uh, Louis Vuitton, which actually also opened a standalone at Yorkdale. See, it's already happening. But <laughs> yeah, you've got other brands in there like Dior and Christian Louboutin and uh, um, Brunello Cuccinelli. They're all within that Holt Renfrew store for now. And those brands have doors on, onto the mall. And Miu, I think Miu Miu is going to pull out and uh, open its own standalone store. Uh, the question now is, what is the future of the concessions within Holt Renfrew? I think Holt Renfrew will still maintain most of them, an incredibly important and successful retailer. But I do think now that we're going to start to see uh, more standalone stores uh, not within a larger store for many of these luxury brands in Canada. So again, this is going to be something really interesting to watch because Oak Ridge, the amazing Brentwood, um, Royal Mount. Uh, one thing I'll mention as well is in Edmonton, West Edmonton Mall in years past was looking at getting Holt Renfrew as a tenant. Uh, well, I don't think West Edmonton Mall would want Holt Renfrew now because competition. Edmonton already has the, the top brands in West Edmonton Mall, and they're paying rent to Triple Five, the landlord of West Edmonton Mall. You've got Louis Vuitton, Gucci, Saint Laurent, Balenciaga's on the way. Already Tiffany has a store at West Edmonton Mall. Um, there's probably others coming as well. These are all brands that you would find in Holt Renfrew. And now they've got their own standalone stores. So this is probably for another conversation altogether. But what is the future of that multi-brand retailer, even if it has concessions. And then another conversation that I'm sure we'll be having, I want to get uh, Lisa Lamley uh, on this conversation, is the future of direct-to-consumer brands because we're starting to see some of them falter. Uh, it's, again, a whole other conversation, but I think that with here at Retail Insider, we're going to be having quite a few conversations uh, uh, into the summer and then into the fall about uh, some of the trends that we're seeing here with brands and their stores. And some are starting to question whether or not we're going to see a rise again in multi-brand retail because there's less risk for brands to go wholesale in some cases than to actually have their own retail mm -hmm. stores. So who knows what's going to happen, but 
at Retail Insider will be watching this and other trends. And, and it, I think it's going to be really quite fascinating to watch. So um, I get excited by this stuff and uh, hopefully other people do as well. And, uh, you know, if you are excited by this, just keep listening and uh, follow along and who knows, even join in and uh, engage with us a little bit if you want. Mm. Well, and again, thanks for going through this part two on the luxury zones in Canada, focusing more on Vancouver. And hopefully our listeners liked it and talk to you all next week. Thank you so much, Lee. And thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Take care and bye for now.